0: Welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. I'm your host, Brady Murray. And I'm your co host, Andrea Murray. Our podcast will feature inspiring guests within the special abilities community. Together, we will be sharing how families and communities are rising up and seeing the miracle of individuals with special abilities. That's something to be proud of. That's a life you can hang your head on. Your okay, welcome to our podcast, See the Miracle Podcast. This is Brady, and I'm going to be going alone today. I'm going to be sharing about an experience that I most recently had that I've been preparing for and and working towards for uh, the last couple of years, actually. So when COVID happened, I have been very involved in different marathon races and different endurance races, and all of that got canceled during COVID. And so it gave me a wonderful opportunity to look inwardly and 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 begin to look at other opportunities that were out there to be able to challenge and push myself to do hard things because that's a big theme with our family is that the marie's we do hard things i came across a website called seal fit and in that website i found something that was very intriguing i found that there was what was referred to as crucibles that were available for anybody to be able to sign up for and these were ran by Navy SEALs, former Navy SEALs and current Navy SEALs to be able to test your limits. And these crucibles are actually patterned after BUDS training and Hell Week. So the training that individuals go through to become a Navy SEAL. I've always been intrigued with the military, in particular the Navy SEALs and the special forces that uh, that exist and that test and the testing that goes on to be able to uh, become a Navy SEAL. And so I got super intrigued with it and I started to research it and I started to read the books that were available provided by Silfit and their founder, Mark Devine. I just fell in love with these concepts. Um, What I learned very quickly is that this is so much more than just a physical beat down and just go and try and do something hard from a physical standpoint. The principles around Silfit and what is taught really covers and encompasses all aspects of our our health, whether that be physical, mental, spiritual, and uh, just that overall spirit in being able to be of service to others. And that was super, super intriguing to me. That spoke to me. So I, what I did is I decided that I was going to sign up for a much shorter crucible. So there's crucibles that are six hours, 12 hours, 24 hours and the big one which is called Kokoro is a 52 hour crucible and so I started out in March of this would have been 2021 and I signed up for a 12 hour crucible and I went to that and it absolutely crushed me so I've done some different Ironman events and and done uh, multiple marathons I've done some other extreme outdoor type stuff And I have to say, I never have felt like I did after that 12 hour event. I just got dominated during that thing. But I also left that just wanting more, like wanting to be able to to experience that, that just mental aspect and the challenge of it again. And I also saw uh, during that crucible that I saw the individuals that were doing the 52 hour crucible called Kokoro. And it just called to me. I knew that was something that I wanted to do. So since that time, I've been training and preparing to be able to take on Kokoro. And our class was the class of 59, or class uh, 59. So this was the 59th class that they've had. They've been doing this for many, many years. And uh, that time actually came. So this last weekend, I went to Temecula, California to where this was being held. And the night before, I was fortunate to be able to meet many of my teammates at dinner. In total, there were 11 of us that showed up to be able to do the crucible, the 52-hour crucible. We had four individuals international from Italy, from the UK, from Liechtenstein, and also from Romania. And then the other seven were just from uh, different parts of the country. Of the 11 that were a part of us, there were four that were doing this in preparation to be able to go to BUDS and ultimately become a Navy SEAL. Uh, SEAL Fit really touts themselves in being able to say how much of a preparation this is to be able to actually finish Buds and Hell Week. Uh, they say I was something in the early or low to mid 90s uh, percentile, or 90, you know, call it 93 percent of individuals that finish Kokoro actually finish Hell Week and finish Buds, and so that was a really appealing thing as well of wanting to do this. We showed up. And, uh, it was all of our teammates there and we're kind of nervous and supposed to be there at seven thirty on a Friday and Mel, who's just an amazing person and a great spirit is a big part of, uh, of seal was there and she checked us in. She was kind and she's just encouraging. And, and, uh, then she left. And we were just there, just standing there in the parking lot of of this area where we're going to be doing this. It was outside of Temecula, kind of up in a mountainous setting. And so we're standing there and an hour goes by, nobody comes. Two hours go by, nobody comes. We had been there for two and a half hours before um, the cadre or the coaches actually showed up. Two of them showed up. And I tell you, that was some anticipation waiting for them to come. But it was also fun to be able to get to know our teammates just uh, hanging out and knowing that we were going to spend the next 52 hours together. So when the cadre showed up, and there was definitely a, uh, a certain uh, presence. There's definitely a presence with these individuals. I would like to describe them as, as men among men or the, the manliest men among men. And uh, very, very strong personalities, but also you could just tell that they cared about us and that they wanted us to have a wonderful experience, but they were not going to give an inch. An example is oftentimes they're going to do things that they know you're going to fail at and that you're going to have punishment that comes as a result of failing, but they're going to ultimately teach a principle and a lesson around this. And in that initial setting of, of the orientation, we learned our first lesson, and that was do not put your hands on your hips or in your pockets or fold your arms. If you do, then you're going into the black book. And so we, uh, they gave us an instruction to load our, our luggage, our gear into the back of a truck. We came running back and one of our teammates put his, his hands on his hips. And they immediately, one of the cadre pulled out a black book and he said, "All right, I've got you down." And he wrote down his name. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be in that black book. And so, because we were, uh, we weren't, we didn't follow instructions. Uh, he actually had us run back over and pick up our luggage. And he said, "Come with me." And we went for a little run. And it was officially started, and so Andrea came down with me, and she was there in the car uh, watching this whole thing happen. And it was a it was a pretty cool experience to be able to run away from from uh, her and look back at her and and uh, know that like I knew she was going to be thinking about me, I knew she was going to be praying for me. And uh, I was looking very forward to seeing her in 52 hours and on the other side of this, uh, assuming that I was gonna make it. We ran through the mountains uh, with our luggage and uh, it was hot, it was really hot. And uh, we got to a place that we were overlooking the actual location on where we were gonna be holding this event. They call this the grinder. And so it was up on a, we we're up on a hillside looking down into this little valley floor. And then it's uh, just a, kind of a flat dirt area. They have the pull-up bar set up. You could see all the ice baths down there. You could see some of the other cadre there waiting for us. And we knew that that was gonna be our home where we'd spend uh, the next couple of days. Coach talked to us at that time and he said, "Uh, think deeply about your why. Think about why you're doing this and you're gonna need to hold on to this because you're gonna go to battle. And when you run off this hill and you go down into that battlefield, know that there's no turning back and that it's going to be a grind. It's gonna be very difficult. And you will have an experience that uh, will transpire over the next 52 hours that normally would take many, many years to be able to experience this to this extent. And I could just feel that energy. Like I was so fired up to be a part of this and, and so excited to be there with my teammates. So we ran down, we dumped our luggage, and immediately went to the grinder. So the grinder basically is just this dirt place that uh, you're going to be doing a lot of workout. And they say there's, anytime you're on the grinder, you're always running. It's really got a sacred sense to it, and and you don't walk on the grinder. And so we lined up, and Coach Devine, Mark Devine, the founder of SilFit, came out extremely inspiring man very very grounded man an inspiration an example for me i would say uh, came out and he talked to us and he shared some incredible principles and it was a, a wonderful insight that he gave and one thing that he shared that really stood with me is just the importance of breath and being able to anchor your breath to the earth and he said think of it as if your breath is absolutely anchored to the core to the center of the earth and that it is immovable And anytime that things get difficult, focus on your breath, focus on deep breathing and controlling that breath. If you can control your breath, you can control your destiny was in essence, his message. And at that point in time, literally all hell broke loose. And so the cadre came out, there was smoke bombs. There was yelling, there was a ton of swearing and yelling and, uh, and orders from like multiple different sources. And you're just trying to gauge in on like which person you are supposed to be focused on. And they're yelling like, get down, get up, like on your backs, push up position, 10 push ups go. And then just like multiple, multiple different things. And then they had us go and and we got introduced to the ice baths, which uh, were two ice baths that you go, you have to be completely emerged, submerged underneath those and uh they are cold like literally i was getting a brain freeze when i every time i'd go into these ice baths and so you'd go into the first one you jump out and you'd go into the second one you'd come back over they also had the hoses out and they were just spraying us down they had big buckets of water that they were coming up behind us when we'd be doing kind of a flutter kick and we wouldn't be seeing a lot of times if you're like just in the pain you got your eyes closed at times your mouth open and they will dump an entire 5 gallon a bucket of water um, just right on your face and uh, and, and just, you know, kind of surprise you that way. And this session was called the breakout session. And this was an opportunity to really give us a good perspective on what the next couple of days were going to look like. And this went on for, I don't know how long, hour, more, than a, more than an hour, uh, maybe pushing two hours, maybe not quite two hours, but it went on for quite a long time. And finally, we got done with that. And that was called an evolution. And so you go through these evolutions that you don't know uh, what these challenges are gonna be and you go on and you do that over this entire duration so the very next thing that we went and we did <clears throat> is they wanted us to do the physical standards test and so in order to be able to complete kokoro and uh and even what they ask to, to participate in is you need to be prepared to pass the physical standards test which is you need to do 50 uh, sit-ups in two minutes 50 push-ups in two minutes uh, so a minimum 50 pushups, 50 sit-ups and 50 air squats in a two minute period of time, which doesn't sound like a lot. And, it, and it's actually not a lot, but after you've gone through a couple hour beat down like that, it is a little bit more. In addition to that, you need to be able to do 10 hanging pull-ups without stopping, without coming off the bar. There's no time limit on that. And you also need to be able to run a mile in your boots and your, your gear in under nine minutes and 30 seconds, I think is what it was. And so we went and we did that. And there was again, 11 of us that were there. And of the 11 that were there, I believe there were seven that passed the physical standards test. And so the other four, that means they've only got one more shot to be able to pass a physical standards test, which was going to be coming up later, or they were going to be dropped from the program, which was kind of a solemn moment, honestly. And that's, A critical piece that became very, very clear in this organization and in this experience is that we were going to get through this as a team. And that was the only way we were going to get through this, that trying to do this alone or as an individual was not in the cards. And so we needed those teammates and those teammates needed us. And so we knew we were going to have to help them on the next physical standard test, which actually was going to be a MRF, which I'll share about in just a little bit. At the end of the PSTs, they had us... Go and uh, they each gave us a sandbag and they went over, had us go over to the sand pit and fill it up. There was very strict instructions. You need to fill it up a third of the way, which is going to be about, I would call it 22 to 25 pounds, depending on how much sand you got in there. And this sandbag was gonna go with you everywhere. So with this sandbag, they also gave us a rucksack or a backpack, which was also something that was a, a big challenge. The backpacks by design are very uncomfortable. They are very difficult to get on. In fact, with your sandbag in there and a gallon water, you're always carrying around a gallon of water with electrolytes in it. You, you really can't get this backpack on by yourself because it's so awkward and so uncomfortable. Just imagine like a really cheap backpack that is probably more for like a middle schooler. It's not really big by way of like the frame of it, but it's big enough that you can put a 20- plus pound uh, sandbag in and a gallon of water and an MRA you can stick in there. And the straps just don't have any padding on them. They immediately cut into your shoulders. You have a hard time moving. It actually kind of cuts your circulation off. It rubs on your shoulders really awkwardly and just doesn't fit well on your back. And so again, by design, this thing's gonna be awkward. And we got that thing on and we, we went for a little run. And so with that all that weight in our backs and our MRE we uh, we got going and, and was following the coach and went for a little run, went and did some sand uh, games, they call it, where it's kind of a relay thing, which is pretty fun and we learned Quickly, it pays to be a winner. You, uh, Everything's a competition here, and, and, and they say it pays to be a winner, especially Coach Trey, who I love and admire after my experience with him, but uh, it, it pays to be a winner. And then we went, we did hill climbs, and we raced up a hill, a uh, big hill, and we'd get to the top, and the guy who won would get to stay at the top. The rest of us would run down, and then we'd race back up, and we did that for, I don't know, an hour or two. And then at the top of that hill, we did some more grinder work, push-ups, sit-ups, push, pull up or not pull-ups, but uh, kind of uh, uh, jumping jack things. Uh, we were introduced to Smurf jacks which if you've never done a Smurf Jack, go and Google Smurf Jacks. I'm actually committed to be able to get an, a dog or a cat or an animal or something because I just want to name it Smurf Jack after the experience that I had doing the Smurf Jacks on the grinder and in the mountains. So by this time, it's late later in the day. It's, it's in the afternoon. We'd had lunch. We ate an MRE. And uh, we're probably four or five o'clock. It's hot. And you've been going at it, you know, a good six, seven hours, eight hours. And you're kind of getting a feel you're you're definitely feeling it like you're a bit sore and you're tired. And you start to see how different um, of our teammates were reacting in different situations. And we found that. Our teammates, like in some circumstances, one teammate would be really, really good in a certain evolution and in another evolution, they wouldn't be good. And it would be an opportunity for us to be able to help them. And in other circumstances, they'd be helping us. And a core principle of SilFit is that you uh, want to be uh, prepared and ready to lead. When called upon and ready to follow, when called upon, and that's a that's a core principle there as well. And so we got done. We did a bit of a relay with uh, uh, team members, and so two teams, two different boat crews, as they call us. That was a, a unique and, and fun experience. And then uh, we ran and we ran a long ways with these big packs on. Finally got back to the grinder right as the sun was setting, and it was time for the second PST. And so with this second PST, this is called Murph. And so here we are about eight hours into this thing. You're definitely feeling it. And for four of our four of our teammates, it was make or break time. Either they were gonna complete the Murph in the allotted time or they were gonna be kicked out and they were gonna be sent home. And so we we're really trying to tear each other on. What a MRF consists of is while you're wearing your rucksack, um, you don't have to have your water bottle in, so it's just a sandbag, but you've got your rucksack on. Um, you need to complete a one mile run and then you need to complete a 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups and 300 air squats and then you need to complete a mile run. And you have to do that in under an hour and 15 minutes, so 75 minutes to be able to complete that. You can partition it into sets of five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 air squats. And you can do that 20 times to partition the sets out a little bit. And so it was it was go time at this point in time. And I, I, <laughs> I was feeling it in this and uh, coaches were actually getting on me a little bit to get extension on my pull-ups because I wasn't completely locking out those elbows and they're very critical on your, your formation and, and your form and how you're doing this. But I, I grinded through it and I got through it and got my 20 sets done, got my last mile in, got back. I finished up in just, I think it was like 60 minutes and maybe 55 seconds or so. And I uh, was checking in on my teammates and I could see that some of my teammates were not going to make it. And that was a hard time. But yeah, that was a hard, that was a hard moment for all of us. Uh, the time came and went. Uh, they asked uh, all of us to go on the grinder and then they called each teammate out by name who uh, who did not complete the PST. Four of them went over and um, one of them did uh, complete the first PST and, and didn't complete or secure the second uh, PST in the MRF. And so he was able to come back, but the other three, uh, unfortunately, we had to send home. And by this time it was dark, it was nighttime. And, uh, we said our goodbyes and, and honestly, it was like losing a, a friend in that circumstance. And it was, we losing, a, losing a friend and losing a teammate. And so, um, we're all wet. And, you know, cause we, when we went back, they had us get back in the, the ice bath. You're always in the ice baths. You're always, they're always keeping you wet. And, and oftentimes you're just muddy and sandy from laying in the mud and, and doing your different exercises that they're having you do. And so it's just uncomfortable. And for the first time, this was pretty cool. They, they allowed us to change. And so they gave us an opportunity to bring different sets of clothes. We ran into the tent. They told us we had like 11 minutes to change and it felt so good to be able to put on fresh pair of, of pants and a new shirt. And uh, even though uh, you knew that your new socks that you're putting on are gonna immediately get soaked as soon as you put them into these soaking wet boots that you've been wearing all day, it was such a relief to be able to have that, kind of that reprieve and it it, it set a new energy. And and something that I found through this whole thing was just that energy flow uh, would, would come in waves. And you'd have just incredible highs at times. And then you'd also have those incredible lows. And it just took everything you had to be able to focus on that positive mental attitude. That was a big part of what our training was, was always having that positive mental attitude, having that breath control and focusing on that among uh, two other principles that I'll I'll share as we continue on. So we got done and we went out and kind of a new spirit and they had a great dinner for us, some chicken kebabs and beef kebabs and, and, uh, rice. And it wasn't like a barbecue type of thing where you're all just hanging out talking. It was very calculated. They said you have X amount of time to be able to eat this. Ready, go. And uh, I remember eating it and just shivering because it was nighttime and you're just in a t-shirt and and you're just cold. We got done with that and they said, all right, ruck up. And we got our rucksacks on. It's probably 10 o'clock at night. And we started to march and uh, we had our MRE our rucksack or in our rucksack we had our water in our rucksack as well as the the sand and we started walking and walking and walking and hiking and going up hills and down hills and um, we're carrying a stretcher uh, was something that they wanted us to carry I knew we'd be using that later and it was a time where they asked us to not talk and so there was no light uh, there was no, uh, we we didn't have, uh, um, we weren't able to use our headlamps. They did give us a headlamp for a certain areas, but we weren't able to use those. There was no moon. We just happened to have this on a zero moon night, but the stars were brilliant. Um, it was bright, it was beautiful um, under the stars. And we'd go and we'd hike for 45 minutes in silence. And then the, the coach, the cadre, um, <clears throat> he would say, drop and you're supposed to drop and take, you know, in essence, cover and look and make sure that everything is clear and you just watch and then need to have you stand back up and then you go 45 minutes and you drop, you take cover and look again. And that's what we did like for hours. <laughs> and So it got to be probably midnight, maybe one o'clock and um, then they had us get the stretcher out and we started taking turns carrying one another which was difficult. Some of our teammates were bigger than others. In fact, one of my swim buddies, my, my, my good buddy, Liam from the UK, Liam was just a physical specimen, probably at 250 and uh, just fast and strong and just the type of teammate that you want, but definitely heavy on the stretcher. <laughs> and it was fun to be able to carry him uh, around a bit that night as well. We got back, dumped the stretcher at the grinder and immediately hit and went a different direction, more towards a a lake, kind of a swampy type of region is where we were heading. And we got there probably around like three, I would guess in the morning. And by this time you're like, you're fuzzy, right? It's not physically difficult. It's uncomfortable because your back's killing you and your shoulders are killing you, but it's not like out of breath, physically difficult. But it's a mental grind because you're, you're tired. Um, you've been awake now for almost 24 hours. You're, you're cold. Uh, you're hungry. And uh, you've got to really keep check of your mental attitude. And uh, going back to what Coach Devine said, anchor your breathing to the earth, to the center of the earth, and focus on why you are here and why you are doing this. And, and that was a pretty special time. It was a very special time just there with your thoughts under the stars and really anchoring in that breath and and focusing in on the why on why you're doing this. A lot of growth transpired in the night when you're uh, when you're quiet and you're walking through the mountains, trying not to fall down. Um, We got to a place where he had us uh, take our packs off. And you could see your breath at this time, like it's you know in the forties, and uh, you immediately start shivering the second that you stop. He had us all sit against one another in a circle with our backs uh, leaning against each other, and believe it or not, that actually created a ton of heat, and that that felt great. It was like little little heater behind you, a box heater going behind you, and that this was you know three in the morning, and he had two swim buddies come back to where he was. And he said, we're going to do a memorizing game. you're like, holy smokes, (laughs) let's try and memorize something. And he said, pay attention to details. And so they're really focusing and trying to get us to pay attention to details. Then he had a box where there was a number of different crazy items in it, like a golf ball and a watch that wasn't working and a tape measure. And he said, you have to memorize as much as you can about these items. And there will be a test. And if you do not pass the test, you will be punished. And so this was an opportunity as a team, again, to come together and delegate out different responsibilities and different ways to be able to memorize. And I would say we crushed that evolution. It was awesome. And so we were back walking again a couple, Maybe an hour later, we got to stop and eat our MRE, um, which was freezing cold and, and they're not super good. But when you're starving, they are kind of good. And uh, then he had us do some eight count uh, bodybuilders and some burpees just to try and build the, the temperature back up. By this time, it's got to be like four in the morning and you're just a kind of zombie mode. And uh, then He headed off into like an absolute bushwhacking tour of uh, going through swamp and going around this lake and you just were kind of lost and there wasn't a trail. You're bushwhacking it through the trees and the willows are smacking you in the face. We had one of our guys fall off the side of a hill and like roll down the hill. We had to go and retrieve him and get him back. And, And this is actually the first time that I started to experience sleepwalking to where it's super hard to describe but you're out there and it's just quiet cuz you're not really talking and and you're 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 falling asleep literally while you're walking and you start to weave and and kind of bob and and you catch yourself and then you'll go periods of time of just hard to say, 10 minutes, 15 minutes to where you you literally zone out and then you'll, you'll come to and not know what happened the last 10, 15 minutes, because you're just kind of zoned out. It's such a surreal experience. And you're just trying to hold on, hoping that sometime over the horizon, you're gonna start to see a little glow and a glimmer of light starting to show. And, and sure enough, it, it happens. And uh, that's another principle they teach us, and that is micro goals, to be able to not worry about the end. Don't worry about what hour 25 looks like or what hour 50 looks like or what the next evolution is. Just focus on what you have to do, the task at hand right now. And the task at hand at that time was just simply get to the sun, get to when the sun comes up and just stay the course. And that's what we did, and sure enough, Before you know it, you start to see that horizon start to come and get light. And uh, we finally made it through the swamp and it was getting lighter and we could see and this, that energy came back to you and you're like, we did it. We made it through the first day and uh, we got back on the main road and just hightailed it back to the camp. It was sunny now. You're starting to warm up a little bit and it was just like this renewed life comes back to you even though you've been up for over 24 hours now and you've just had a tremendous physical challenge. It's like this freshness and this new opportunity, this new sense of life that hits you. We made it back to the grinder and I thought maybe we'd get to have breakfast (laughs) and that was not in the cards. They said, run into the tent, put your shorts on, put your running shoes on and report back to here in five minutes. Everything was timed and oftentimes you get punished because you didn't make the time. And so we did that and I had heard that oftentimes they'll do like a swim uh, evolution. And sure enough, in these shorts, they ran us down to a pool that was in this area and uh, we got to do a swim evolution, uh, which was cool, which was a fun one. And I, I, I felt like this, hey, this is gonna be like a, active recovery session for the rough day that we had the the day before. And you know what? It was, it was absolutely active, but it was not a recovery session. They crushed us in the pool again, unfortunately during that evolution. So we had eight members. One of our uh, teammates didn't make it through that evolution Uh, was actually performance dropped at that point in time, which was, was sad, but also the right thing, I think, for him. Um, he was a younger, uh, younger teammate, and and was just full of potential, but still has a ways to go. And and he was he was uh, able to to move on at that point in time after probably hour and a half close to two hours of just hammer time laps and push-ups and flutter kicks and burpees and bear crawl barefoot around the pool and just all the amazing things that you can imagine that the cadre could think up and, and have us do this they actually put us over into a different pool which was a deep pool and we jumped in and they we started treading water there were seven of us there now and uh, they looked at us and they said, if you touch the wall, you're out. You are performance drop. Do not touch the wall and do not touch the bottom of the pool unless we give you permission to, unless we, we ask you to. And so we just started treading water. And within just a few seconds, um, immediately one of our teammates, Tanya from Italy, started heading immediately towards the wall um, because she was not a swimmer at all. And we saw this happening and she was panicking. And so we immediately went to her and grabbed her and said, Tanya, like, stay out here. We will help you. And so what we did is we actually started taking turns, allowing Tanya to be able to just hold on to our shoulders. And so there'd be one or two of us that would be right to the side of her and she would hold on to our shoulders and we'd start treading water. And that was actually a lot harder than it sounded, but, uh, but we were surviving it and the coach could see that we were surviving it. So after maybe 10 or 15 minutes, he asked us, all right, I want you to start treading water with your left hand out of the water. Ready, go. And so now we're treading water. We're again, 15, 20 minutes into this thing. And we got to hold our left hand out of the water. And that was difficult. In fact, one of our other teammates, uh, Liam, uh, was really starting to struggle at this time. And, um, we we had to work together as a team to be able to keep both of these guys uh, up above the water and i remember in particular in that instance um, seeing liam like go under the water for like three or four seconds and then just like pop back up and gasp for a breath and then go under and mike um, one of our teammates um, who is training to become a seal would swim down to the bottom of the pool and he would stand on the pool and hold liam by his feet and by his ankles uh, for as long as he could hold his breath and hold him above the water. And then he'd come back up and he'd try and catch his breath and he'd just sit there and do that. And we were taking turns trying to hold both of our teammates up. And it was getting a little panicky at that point in time. We were getting a little panicky, but again, just trying to anchor our breath and focus and not panic. And then the coach asked us to be able to um, now go down and all of us touch the bottom of the pool with our hands, swim down and come back back up and tread water. And then he'd say down and we'd go down and swim down and touch the bottom of the pool and then come back up. And uh, we did that for a few more minutes. And then uh, he did something that actually I found quite relieving is he would have us bob. And so he'd say down or you'd you'd be up and you take one breath and you would then go all the way to the bottom of the pool, let your breath out. Push off the bottom of the pool, come up, take a deep breath, just as you your head breaks the water, and then immediately go back down, and you're just doing this bobbing motion, and that was a reprieve because um, I think all of us kind of had that down to where we could relax just a little bit in doing that, and then it came back, right back up to the top, and had us treading water, and he said, everybody come in as tight a circle as you can possibly um, come into, and so we're like kicking each other trying to stay up and trying to help tanya and liam stay up as well and again this is a time when when like took extreme focus and extreme teamwork but was also very worrisome especially in looking at liam because he was not doing good and there's always a medic there and that that medic was like on the edge of the pool like staring at him knowing that this is getting kind of dangerous. Well, that evolution finally came to an end and the coach said go to the shallow end and we go to the shallow end and right at that time Liam actually passes out. And we got to grab him and pull him to the side of the pool and we got to help this big guy out of the pool and uh and and I was his swim buddy so I'm standing there like holding his hand like trying to encourage him like are you all right? Like wake up, wake up. And uh, he came to, uh, but looked seriously like just completely pale and did not look good at all. Um, They asked us to leave and go back to the other pool. They left Liam with the other coaches and the the medic there. And they went and threw us back in the other pool and started doing uh, different timed events as well. Fortunately, our teammate uh, survived that and and he was able to come back with us it took him a good 15 20 minutes to be able to catch his breath and just just get back but this guy's tough as nails and uh, he's like i'm not quitting i'm, I'm coming back So we got done with that. And here we are Saturday, 25, 26 hours in wondering what the next thing is and kind of feeling rejuvenated as a team, like knowing that like we got through something very, very difficult. They had us go over to a grassy area, this kind of a park type area, and they let us stretch, which was a cool thing. They had uh, they in fact, they had Liam, who's a, a personal trainer lead us in stretching and they gave us a giant breakfast burrito which was delicious it was awesome i just pounded that thing and then we get done with that and they said uh oh by the way everybody has to finish their breakfast burrito and if you don't you got your teammate that uh, needs to finish it for you and so I was definitely not wanting any more breakfast burrito, but we had to each uh, pass around some burritos and take an extra bite or three or four just to make sure that everybody got their stuff done. So we're all just stuffed and uh, and it's hot now. And uh, we're kind of out in the sun and he, he comes back to us and he said, all right, it's time to pay your debts. And he pulls out his black book. We're like, oh crap. And so each one of us, myself included, every one of us had been caught at some point in time with our hands on our hips was the main offense to where you just, you get done doing something and you're just panting and you naturally just put your hands on your hips. And every one of us had our name in that book. And he said, all right, I've calculated everything out due to the the different violations that you have. You now owe me 400 burpees. And like, Like up to that point, everything that they asked us to do was like, hoo ya, coach, like I got this, like we got this, here we go. And when he said you have 400 burpees, like I I wasn't sure how I was going to do that physically. I knew mentally I was there and was good. I was in a good place mentally. I, I knew that like literally I would rather die, like I would I would physically pass out or die before I allowed myself to tap out, you know, ring the bell, so to speak. But I physically could not comprehend how I was going to pull off 400 burpees at that time. And he said, you know what? I'm feeling generous. I'm going to let you do these in 20 sets or in a set of 20, do 20 burpees. And then to rest, I'm going to let you run. And, uh, and so you know who ya coach here we go and we do the first set of 20 and like by like 18 19 i am dying trying to get to 20 we're all struggling with this and uh, then we get to run and when we started running you're just like this is not helping and so you run probably about a quarter mile maybe a third of a mile and you come back and you do 20 more and then you run and then you come back and you do 20 more and then you run. And by about 80, maybe 100 in, I'm struggling. And uh, I remember out on our run after that, uh, that time, I remember thinking the only way I'm gonna get through this, I, I need like divine help. And I said a silent prayer in my heart and I just said, Heavenly Father, like I don't know how I'm gonna get through this. Um, I don't wanna let my teammates down. I wanna be a good teammate. Like, please help every one of us to be able to get through this thing. And uh, we kept running, we came back and we just kept going and going and going. And it was getting more and more difficult. And I think the coach could see that. And so he, uh, we got maybe 140 or so in and, uh, and the coach said, okay, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to earn some of your debt back without having to do burpees. And we're like, oh yeah, who ya coach? And he said, uh, okay, uh, I'm going to ask you a war trivia question. And if you answer it, I will knock off 25 burpees. And if you get it wrong, I'm going to add 50. And we're like, holy crap. Okay, we're ready. And he looks at us and he goes, name the most pivotal battle in the civil war. And we all look at each other like I feel like we should know this. <laughs> and we were all just deer in the headlights, blank stare and just drawn a blank on this thing. And uh and you know, I I I tell this story and every person I've ever told this story to is like, "It's Gettysburg." And I'm like, "For whatever reason, none of us put that together." <laughs> and uh, we're just kind of reeling and the coach is like, "Give me an answer." And somebody just yells out, Battle the Bulge. And we're like, oh. And he looks at us. And he goes, are you kidding me? That is the worst answer I've ever heard in my entire life. He said, that's not even the same war. That's World War II, you idiots. And he goes, get out of my face, start running. And so we're thinking we are so dead and we run and we come back and he goes, because that was such a horrible answer. I'm adding 75 burpees on to what you guys need to do. We're like, No, because we knew how much it took just to get 75 and uh, now we have those other 75 and I'm, I'm like, I'm in a dark place and I am just reeling. And uh, I remember running and uh, repeating in my mind. In fact, I even asked my teammates if I could uh, repeat it back to them just to try and find some source of energy. That poem Invictus, which uh, let's see if I can remember it right now off the top of my head. It is uh, out of the night, which covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole. I take whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud under the bludgeoning of chance. My head is bloody, but unbowed. Matters not how straight the gate, how charged with, with punishment, the scroll, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. I remember on one of those laps, I said that out loud and that helped, that helped me a little bit, but I was still struggling and we got back and uh, he said, all right, I'm going to give you another opportunity to earn some of these, uh, these debts back. And he said. I want to see if there's somebody that would volunteer and be willing to sprint to that tree and sprint back and be able to do it in less than 30 seconds. And uh, I remember Mike uh, DeLima jumped up. He said, I'll I'll do it. And uh, I'm thinking I could not sprint to that tree and back in that time. But you know what? Mike can. And he did it. And we got 25 burpees off. And so then we did another 20 and we ran a lap and we got back and he said, all right, If somebody will bear crawl to that tree and back and you do it in a certain time, he gave us the time. And again, it's like a hundred yards away and you got to run a hundred yards or bear crawl back. And uh, I'm like, there's not a chance in the world I could do that right now. But Schultz stepped up and Schultz did it and he got back and he broke the time. We got 25 burpees off. And this was going on and that energy was starting to grow. And I remember every single one of us or every single one of my teammates on the physical challenge that he gave us um, stepped up and got it done. I remember one, like we had to, or he had to uh, buddy carry, like put somebody around his shoulders and run and then run back um, i remember um i remember miguel did a lap a whole lap and he had to do it in a certain time and he did it and we were just like crushing it and we're starting to knock these burpees off and we got to the total of 280 burpees is what he told us but we still had 120 more to go and i was spent and i'm thinking i don't know what physical activity i'm going to be able to do to be able to help my teammates right now and uh, the coach said all right, um, go ahead, everybody run except for Murray. I'm gonna have Murray stay here with me and uh, you guys go. And so I go over to the coach and he said, Murray take a knee and he looked me uh, right in the eye and he said, Murray, tell me what you do for a living. And I said, I own a financial planning business and I run a nonprofit. He goes, okay, tell me about this nonprofit. I said, I, I help orphaned children who have down syndrome uh, find a family And I explained that I have two sons that have Down syndrome, one of which we adopted. And he looked at me and again, this is a a man, all of these coaches I have tremendous respect for, and this is uh, no exception. he looked at me, he said, he goes, Murray, that is an incredible thing that you're doing. And he said, I commit to you that I'm going to help you in whatever way that I can to be able to help move that work forward. He said, thank you for your service. Right about this time, the rest of my teammates got back and uh, I get back in line and get ready to do another 20 burpees. And, uh, and he said, everybody in the pushup position, he said, Murray, come up front, get in the push-up position and tell your teammates about your nonprofit. And so physically, mentally, I was spent at this time. And I started to tell uh, my teammates about uh, Rod's heroes. I started to tell them about Cooper, uh, my son that we adopted and how he was abandoned on a street corner when they guesstimate he was six months old and how we were able to go and adopt him and what a light. He's been to our family. I told about the work that we're doing in the different countries trying to help these children. And I became extremely emotional as I was sharing this, like having a hard time even talking. I was so emotional. And uh, in the push up position, mind you, the coach uh, came up to us and he said, I think that's incredible. And he said, I tell you guys what. If you guys will all commit to uh, volunteer with Rod's Heroes and help these children this very next week, as soon as you get home, I will knock off a hundred burpees, and we all just just burst into hoo ya, right? Just like hoo ya, Coach. And he said, "On your feet!" And all of my teammates came around me, and we were in just this huddle and just yelling like hoo ya, hoo ya. And I was just crying and they they were comforting me and they're committing and saying, we're gonna help you, we're gonna help you. And I composed myself and we looked at each other and we all just right there in that circle, looked each other in the eye and we said, we will all finish this thing together. Nobody will fail, we will all finish this together. And that was a turning point I know for me and uh, I know for a lot of my teammates to where, it was not a matter of, man, I hope we make it through this, but I knew every single one of us were gonna make it through this. And uh, we completed our final 20 burpees and we packed up our gear and we ran back to the grinder. But that was a a pivotal experience uh, for me in so many different ways. And I can report back now, this has been a week. Every single one of my teammates has stepped up and reached out to me. Everybody who's committed to to be a part of this has been a part of this. And we're uh, all striving to secure one more mission which is to be able to help this 10-year-old little girl Bailey in Columbia who has Down syndrome to be able to find a loving home and uh, we're raising the funding to be able to do it and uh, we are seeking out additional inspiration and help for a family to be able to come forward and help this child which is our Kokoro 59 uh, child. So we're very excited, I'm 100% confident that we'll be able to secure this mission. So. This can, you know, we, we get back to the grinder. We do more challenging things. Uh, You're just, you're, you, but I was like, we were all definitely on a a bit of a high after uh, that experience. And then uh, we also got to meet the rest of the, the crew that was coming in, meaning the other uh, participants that were doing the six hour, the 12 hour and the 24 hour. Cause now it's Saturday and they all show up on Saturday morning and we actually got to do some work with them, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, because I remember when I did my 12 hour, looking at the Kokoro crew and just like having this respect and uh, that influence that they were giving us in a positive way. And, and it was fun to be able to be a part of that one evolution that we did was the the kitty carry, where basically we're we're taking the stretchers, and we go out and we do games. Again, it pays to be a winner, and so there was probably I don't know five six i don't know six five six maybe seven groups of five in a boat crew they mixed us all up and uh, i got assigned uh, a different boat crew then you know there's uh, maybe one or two of us from kokoro and the rest were individuals i hadn't met yet and you'd go out and you would do these races and so they'd give you an assignment like um, they'd say okay take your your stretcher break it down put it back together, put your sandbags on it, take your water bottles out, put the water bottles on it, run to that white sign, put your water bottles down, come back, go. And so you're like trying to reel like, okay, what did he say? And you just got a mad dash this thing. And um, the key with the stretcher carry is you've got five people. So each of you have four of you are holding on and it gets super heavy really quick. Like you can only hold on for maybe like 30 seconds before or maybe maybe a minute before you're like gassed. And so I had it figured out, um, just kind of reflecting back when I did the 12X, that I knew if we got in this rotation that nobody could stop us. And sure enough, we did it. And we did the first stretcher carry, we come back and we were the first team to finish. And I was like, Oh yeah, guys, and it was awesome. Everybody else had to do 20 burpees. Like I honestly don't know how many burpees we did this weekend, but it was so many I can't even count. But uh they had to do 20 burpees and we we got to celebrate. It pays to be a winner. And then they come and they took one of my teammates out of our boat crew and they switched it with another teammate, and we had to hurry and train them up and like get them on the same page with us, and they gave us another, you know, mission, and they just give you the, the information really fast and they say, Go. And so we immediately sprint off. And sure enough, we won that evolution as well. And it's like, this. This is awesome I love it like this is the type of stuff that teaming aspect and that competition is something I just thrive on and so we went to the third one we took second in the third one, second in the fourth one, which uh, which the team was working super hard. And then uh, we ended up taking first in the fifth, the sixth and the seventh, which I was so proud of my teammates. I love those guys. Um, we had some 20Xs and 20XL guys. I've since been in touch with those guys and I and, uh, just love them because of that energy that we had when we competed and, and we were able to have success there. We got done by this time it was getting dark they took us back to the grinder and, uh, we did some log PT, which is carrying around a big heavy log and, uh, putting it over our heads and on our shoulders and then doing laps with the thing. And we did that. What, for, what seemed like a day doing that it was hard, but it, uh, it definitely is a team worthy event. It teaches you a lot. And before I knew it, we were into the second night and, uh, that was a hard night. Um, they had us uh, get in. Uh, they had us get in a vehicle uh, because the second night was not going to be up in the hills in the mountains by Temecula, but it was actually going to be down on the ocean. And so we were driving. It was 11 o'clock at night <clears throat> on Saturday night. Here we are, 36 or so hours into it, and you're just in this warm car, which was way nice, and you're all just sitting there. And uh, and they say don't sleep. And so. <laughs> You're like doing your best not to sleep and you're doing your best to try and help your teammate. And I remember something that they said. They said, whenever you're struggling, stop looking inwardly. Don't look inside at what you're struggling with and what your challenges are. They said, look to your left, look to your right and find somebody you can give encouragement to. And as crazy as it sounds, this was like the exact perfect time to do that because you look to the guy on your left who's struggling just as much as you are to be able to stay awake. And you look to the guy on the right who's struggling just as much and you just help each other and you find a way to be able to work through that. And it was about almost an hour drive. So we got to the beach at about 1130, I'd say. So we left at 1030 and we went and we did uh, some different games. Everything is again, a competition to where you break up in boat crews and you got to summit or climb up one of the lifeguard towers, but you can't use the ladder. You got to find a different way to get up there and help each other get up there. We did that for a while. And then we just, started rucking and rucking through the sand and so you've got that big heavy pack on and uh, you've got uh, your water bottle in there you've got your mre in there and you start walking and walking and walking keep in mind there's no moon and it was a bit overcast it was kind of hazy so you couldn't even see the stars and it was just dark like super super dark and uh, we walked and walked and walked and every time we came to a set of stairs because in that southern california coast it's kind of a bluff and there's different resorts and things and there's always a staircase that takes you up to the top of the stairs to the resort and uh and again you can't talk nobody's really talking and uh, you go up it and then you come down sometimes they'd make you go up again and come back down and every time we found a set of stairs we had to hike our, our rear ends up those stairs and back, and it was so hard by, by the latter part of the night to not fall down the stairs because you're, you're, you're like disoriented. You're just out of it, but you just kept pushing through it. So in that, in that situation, there was probably about two hours that I was, uh, uh, was the team lead, I was the boat crew leader. And so I would actually stay at the very back of the group. There's probably 15 of us between the Kokoro guys and then the 20 XL guys. And I would stay at the very back. <clears throat> and I always wanted to make sure that my soldiers and, and my teammates were ahead of me. And as I was walking, again, you're just quiet and you're just trying to stay awake. And I swear I could just feel like... Somebody was right behind me, and I like literally had to multiple times turn around and and look back and uh, and see who was behind me because everybody was supposed to be in front of me. And every time I looked back, there was nobody there. And I just kept doing that for hours. Just I could just feel like there were so many behind me, and I kept looking back and I couldn't see anybody. And it was just such a surreal thing. And uh, fast forward now to, uh, to reflecting back on the experience and, uh, and having my wits about me. I, I remember clearly praying before this experience that I would have the divine help of those unseen angels, those, those uh, guardian angels, those ministering angels to help me through this in my time of need. And that was a time of need, no question, that second night, because that was a long, long night. And uh, I know that myself and our our teammates were definitely receiving assistance from uh, those who we could not see. And uh, that was a pretty special and a very sacred experience. Um, We got towards the latter part of the night, and uh, we had heard that they have you get in the ocean and do surf torture. And it's, again, freezing cold. And that ocean was just big and intimidating. And uh, it was loud. And in fact, uh, I remember before we went to the ocean, I remember my, my swim buddy, um, Liam, was really struggling and saying, I'm, I'm like, I'm scared of the water uh, after nearly drowning. And uh, he said, I'm scared of the ocean. And by this time we were in a threesome and uh, my main man Schultz was in our swim buddy, was a swim buddy as well. So there was three of us and we looked at Liam and we said, we will not let you anything happen. We will be there 100%. We need you, man. Because he was like our anchor on our our, uh, log and we had made a commitment. We were all gonna be in this together. So all during that night, that was just kind of in the back of our minds, like, oh man, we're gonna have to get in that water. And we get to the end and it's dark and, and they have us do like this little mind game thing where we have to stack a certain number of rocks in a certain order, which is impossible to do when you are super sleep deprived. I remember looking down and like not being able to comprehend what they're asking us to do. And it was something as simple as like stack four rocks you know, five piles of four rocks and one pile of three rocks and two piles of six rocks or something like that. And it's like, that is impossible. You might as well ask us to build a space rocket and go to the moon. Cause we're not going to figure that out. And finally we worked together as a team and, and like, we kind of got our senses and we got that done. And we were looking down for so long at that time that when we stood up and looked around us, it was like, somebody turned on a light, like literally it was morning. And, and we're like, we, we can see, and it's, it's morning and we're like all in shock. And we're like, we did it. We made it through the night. And I remember thinking like, maybe we won't have to get in the ocean. And so we, uh, we go a little bit further and there's our vehicles and they're right there and it's light and we did it. And they say, all right, go get in the vehicles. And we're thinking, we don't have to get in the ocean, no surf torture. This is amazing. And I'm thinking, ah, cause it's probably so dang cold. And like, they don't want to throw us in that freezing ocean and we're freezing to death right now. Like, of course they're not going to, that makes sense. You know, we gotta be safe. <laughs> we get in the car and everybody piles in, we threw our packs in the back and we all pile in and have two different vehicles and they drive like, I don't know how far, like a minute down the road and then they stop and they say everybody out. And we're like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me." <laughs> we thought we were going to miss it, but nope, we didn't. And they said everybody in the ocean don't have a ounce or a, any a thread of clothing that is dry when you come back. You got 30 seconds go. And so we go sprinting in there and actually like as we were running to the ocean, it was pretty cool. Like I was actually really glad we got to do that at that point in time cuz you know, how do you not go to Navy SEAL training and get in the ocean? So we jump in and believe it or not, the ocean felt warm (laughs) because we were so cold. It was kind of a relief. And we come back and they have us get sugar cookie, which means you cover every ounce of your body, including your face and your neck and like your head and everything in sand. And then you look, they look at you for inspection to see how you did, and they critique areas that you missed on your face or whatever. And then they say, back in the ocean, do not come back with a single, um, you know, grain of sand on you. So you got to run in the ocean and get all that sand off of you. And then you come running back and they say, all right go back in the ocean and get sugar cookie when you come back out and you just do this back and forth and then um, then they have us lock arms and this kind of that classic navy seal experience where you march into the water locked arms and they have you lay down and let the waves just crash over you as you're trying to breathe and not freeze and drown and everything else me and Schultz were right there with Liam. He was crushing it. Like we were not worried about him at all. Like he was mentally in just a, such a strong place at that time. And then they have us turn around where the waves are crashing over the backs of us. So we can't see when they're coming and you just kind of have to guess and, and hold your breath when it hits on you. And then they say, uh, all of you need to choose a song. So y'all need to decide a song to sing. And if you sing it well enough, I'll let you get out. And he goes, but everybody needs to know the song. And keep in mind, by this time we had somebody from Dublin in the 20XL. We had Tanya, who didn't speak great English from Italy. It's so like, what song can we sing? People are throwing songs out and they're like, I don't know that song. And I remember the guy from Dublin's like, I oh, will sing the, 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 the National Anthem for Ireland. We're all like, none of us know that. And uh, we came up with the idea of we'll sing happy birthday. And we all knew that and we crushed it. And so uh, we got to get out of the water and we went and uh, they had a shower, you know, like one of the beach showers that you get the sand off of you because they didn't want you all crazy wet, and sandy in the, in the vehicle. And you jump back in the vehicle and you start heading back and you're like, hoo ya. Here we are, Sunday morning, we've made it 40-something hours, like, we've got this. This is amazing. We are going to crush this thing. And they tell us, they say, don't sleep. And, you know, easier said than done going on you know, multiple nights of no sleep and in this warm vehicle (laughs) as you're sitting there. And I was sitting in the very back and I had four teammates in front of me and it was so funny. It was actually really comical um, watching everybody's heads like, nod and Bob and everybody trying to stay awake and find a way to stay awake. And Schultz was sitting right next to me. And I'm just trying to like talk to him to just try and stay awake. And he's struggling just as much as I am. And I'm, I ask him a question and he starts to answer it literally mid sentence, just dozes off, doesn't even finish his sentence. And I have to wake him up, wake him up. And and like, when you, you're just in such a nauseated state, you, he wakes up. He's like, are, are you all right? Are you all right? Cause he's like trying to help me too, you know? And I'm like, I'm good, man. Like we got this who ya!" And, uh, we made it back and we get out of the, we get out of the vehicle and we're, we're like, uh, we're all like kind of giddy, you know, like, like kind of feeling pretty good about ourselves. And, and thinking like, you know what, like we're good. And and we felt like we had a great rapport and relationship with the cadre. And, you know, there's times when they kind of let their hair down and you get to know them just a little bit when you're, you know, whether on your little five minute water break or whatever, and you feel like there's a relationship there. And there is definitely a relationship there. And and at that moment, when we get out and we're just all kind of standing around like, made it through the night. It's Sunday. Here we are. Like we're going to secure like in just a matter of an hour or two or two or three hours. Like we're good. And, and they made us pay for that. (laughs) We, uh, we get there and, and they did give us a little bit of breakfast and we got done and, and we're still feeling pretty good. And they came over and they said, you all think, you know, that, you got this done and like you have no idea what's coming and like we need you to get back in check like get serious get focused and it was a reality check like super super quick they put us on the logs and uh, we did log pt and had to hold that log over our head for i don't know how long like until we like in essence we're collapsing they would they would have us burn out until we couldn't hold it any longer and then they'd drop it down, and then we'd bring it right back up into that four position, that position over our heads. And at that point in time, 20XL secured. That was the 24-hour thing. They had started at like 8 the morning before, and it was 8 the next day, and, and they had secured, and we congratulated them. And I'm thinking, we've only got like you know, go until noon, you know, we can do this three, four hours. And, uh, we went and did more log PT with the Kokoro crew. There was seven of us left. And then we, uh, we, I don't remember what else they had us do, but like we were making it through it, you know? and uh, i'm thinking that like we're going to coast into the end of this thing and we uh, have just such a super cool experience at this time it was like 10 o'clock only two hours to go we didn't know that but it's like this is winding down and they said everybody get your sandbag and follow me and what we did is we followed our coach up the hill and he took us right back to that place where we started when we were running into the grinder, when we had our bags, remember when we first started and we carried our bags and we got to that place where he said, this is a defining moment for you. And when we were looking down on the grinder and he said, you're going to battle and you've got to decide what your why is. And here we are, that was on Friday, here we are, it was Sunday morning and we're back at that place. And that was a cool experience. We all had our, our uh, sandbags that we've been carrying around this entire experience. And we we're holding it um, against our chest in the, in the chest carry. And he had a stand at attention and he asked all of us to close our eyes. And, uh, and he started talking to us again about our why. And he shared with us just some great insights and, and some really reflective moments. And the one thing that I remember the most about it is he said, in life, all of you are carrying around weight that you don't have to. And this is an opportunity to be able to let that go. And he told us that we are whole, that we are good enough, and that we are doing well. And those words that Coach Thompson shared with us then, um, there was a lot of weight that I let go at that time. And uh, they said, continue to keep your eyes closed. And what we're going to do is we're going to come to each one of you and we're going to cut your sandbag. And we're gonna have you leave all of this weight that you've been carrying around on your back in your rucksack. And we're gonna have you dump this out. And uh, I remember dumping that weight out, all that sand right there. And with that, I let a lot of stuff go, which is a pretty, uh, pretty special time. And I thought like, this is it. Like this is how they're gonna secure us. Like they're gonna, we're gonna get done and they're gonna tell us Kekoro 59, you're secured. Like you got this. And, uh, we get done and everybody's kind of emotional and excited and feeling good. Like we got this, we did it, but they don't say anything. They say, go back to the grinder. And so we run back to the grinder and we uh, get in formation again. And then coach divine comes out and, uh, he's in front of us. We saw coach divine, the founder at the beginning, and now we get to see him at the end. And, and he uh, goes through some yoga stretches, some Kokoro stretches with us and he starts sharing additional principles. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, like this is how this is gonna end. Like this totally makes sense. Exactly how it began with Coach Divine sharing principles and, and teaching us and, and sharing his insights. And we're listening and everything's just great. We're stretching and, and, uh, and it's not ending uh, and he keeps going. And then he finally gets to a place where he's like, all right, I want everybody to lay on their backs and put their arms stretched out to their sides and just do a complete, like complete and utter like relaxation, stretch your body, stretch your mind and relax. And so we do. And like that felt so good. And I remember almost immediately being out, like falling asleep, like going into a a deep sleep and just like feeling really, really good about the moment and thinking like, we did it. We got this. And I don't know how long they let us lay there, but I've talked to my rest of my teammates. Every one of them was asleep. And then out of nowhere, just like when we started, I hear the sirens. I hear the cadre running towards us, yelling, the smoke bombs, the smoke sticks were back in our faces. Water was blaring. They had this crazy weird song playing just like pounding it in our faces. And before we knew it, we were 100% in full-on breakout mode and uh, and just getting our butts kicked like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> And they, they just started pounding us, pounding us and pounding us and pounding us and it would not stop. And it was more intense than anything that we had faced in all 52 hours. Um, I remember specifically them telling us Smurf Jacks, go, go. And uh, Smurf Jack is basically a jumping jack that you squat down and you got to like do a jumping jack in the squatting position. And it just crashes you. And we, uh, we're we in a deep, you know, we're in a dark place all of a sudden. And I remember those thoughts coming to my mind. Look to your left, look to your right and uh, and help your teammates. And uh, don't worry about the pain that you're feeling. And I did that. And I when I would look, I'd see my teammates looking at me, too. And that energized us like, oh, yeah, we got this. We made it through that grinder and they immediately put us on the logs again and uh, had to start doing the log PT up, down, you know, on the, you know, soldier carry it on our chest and carrying that around and holding it over our heads and just crushing us. But by this time, like we knew that we just had to secure this last evolution and we were gonna be done. And we were just rallying one another and, and there was extremely high energy. The entire cadre was there, all of the coaches, all the support crew was there. They were cheering us on, extremely high energy. Coach Divine was actually the, run, the one running the log PT. And just like that, they had us go to the, to the position where we put the log on the ground. We stood at attention and he said, Kokoro 59, you are secured. And all seven of us finished that we uh, had made the commitment to uh, in that moment earlier in the burpee session, uh, we all finished. And uh, we immediately came together in a circle and we put our arms around each other. and We're just yelling, hoo-yah, hoo And we took a moment as well to have a moment of silence for our four uh, team members that were not able to secure with us. We remember them and we're thankful for them. We encourage them, we want them to come back. And then uh, we did a, uh, some other hoo-yah cheers for the coaches. And uh, they, they gave us a, a hat with the, the Kokoro seal fit patch on it, which is super cool. And our coin, we all got to shake their hands, give them a big hug. And again, I just can't say enough about the cadre and what men they are. And then, uh, and then I look behind me and, uh, and Andrea was there. I had no idea. Um, but she got to see that last uh, that last uh, breakout session and I got to go give her a big hug and and, uh, and that was a pretty cool moment too, uh, to be able to remember seeing her as I ran off on that Friday morning and then uh, to be able to have that secure on a Sunday at about 1230 uh, being there with her and knew that uh, that we'd completed that. And so. Uh, That's, that's my Kokoro experience. Um, And in looking back at it now, reflecting over the last week, the overwhelming feelings um, that I've had is I just, I just want to help my teammates. And I'm not just referencing just my, my Kokoro teammates, but all my teammates, my teammates being my family, my children, my coworkers, my neighbors, my individuals in my church congregation, et cetera, like just this overwhelming desire to want to be a great teammate and be ready to lead and be ready to follow uh, is a huge, huge focus. Ironically enough, I never thought I would want to go back after having secured. I I thought this was a one and done thing, but I 100% want to go back and how I want to do this is I want to get whoever it is that wants to go and do this. And I want to help them and I want to help them train. I want to train with them and i want to get as many people as I can that have a desire to go and take this on. And like, together we'll go back and we'll go back and secure this thing again, because I feel like there's a lot of lessons still that I get to learn and that I hope to be able to learn uh, from getting to put ourselves in, in, um, in that position. And so, um, you, You've probably all heard me reference my why. Why in the world would somebody do this? And uh, that why has evolved and, and, and uh, developed and be, became more mature, I would say, over these uh, last hours and months or uh, hours and days uh, since I secured. But at the end of the day, my why is ultimately I want to master myself and become the best self that I can be. And then I want to serve others. And I know by mastering myself, becoming the best version of myself that I can be, that I could be the best service to other individuals. I believe with all my heart that we are all temporary stewards of those resources that we've been entrusted with. And when I say resources, I mean our time, our talents, and everything else with which we've been entrusted. And that someday we will get to look back over our life and give an accounting as to what we've done with those resources. I envision that day to be the end of my life in my 80s. I envision that to be somewhere up in Alaska on the banks of the Kenai River with my family, my children, my grandchildren, and probably even some great grandchildren out fishing, catching salmon and me just sitting on the deck, looking at mm-hmm. them and uh, reflecting back over the time that I've been entrusted. And I really wanna make the most of every single day that I can. Uh, leading up to that moment so I know that I lived the life that I was supposed to live that I sang the song that I was supposed to live with that core purpose being to master myself so that I can be of service to others and that's that's our podcast session I uh, apologize this is the longest podcast that we've done but uh, I would put that out there that if anybody does have a desire to learn more about uh, Silfit and about Kokoro whether that's the actual 52 hour experience or those a little bit shorter duration, but still incredibly powerful experiences. I would love to talk with you about that and share any insight I can to be able to help you to prepare for this experience. Um, You can shoot me an email, me up on Instagram or Facebook and uh, love to be able to chat with you. But thanks again for all your support. Thanks for listening to the See the Miracle podcast. Until next time. Hooyah! Let me tell you right now. That's something to be proud of.